Chapter Four, Part Two of Exotics and Retrospectives. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Abai in October 2014. Exotics and Retrospectives by Lafcadio Hearn. The Literature of the Dead, Part Two. Four. though not representing nor even suggesting the whole range of sotoba literature the foregoing texts will sufficiently indicate the quality of its philosophical interest the inscriptions of the haka or tombs have another kind of interest but before treating of these a few words should be said about the tombs themselves i cannot attempt detail because any description of the various styles of such monuments would require a large and profusely illustrated volume while the study of their sculptures belongs to the enormous subject of buddhist iconography foreign to the purpose of this essay there are hundreds probably thousands of different forms of buddhist funeral monuments ranging from the unhewn boulder with a few ideographs scratched on it of the poorest village graveyard to the complicated turret kage kyo enclosing a shrine with images and surmounted with a spire of umbrella-shaped discs or parasols sanskrit chatras possibly representing the old chinese stupa the most common class of haka are plain a large number of the better class have lotus designs chiselled upon some part of them either the pedestal is sculptured so as to represent lotus petals or a single blossom is cut in relief or intaglio on the face of the tablet or but this is rare a whole lotus plants leaves and flowers is designed in relief upon one or two sides of the monument in the costly class of tombs symbolizing the five buddhist elements the eight-petaled lotus symbol may be found repeated with decorative variations upon three or four portions of their elaborate structure occasionally we find beautiful reliefs upon tombstones images of buddhas or bodhisattvas and not unfrequently a statue of jizo may be seen erected beside a grave but the sculptures of this class are mostly old the finest pieces in the kobudera cemetery for example were executed between two and three hundred years ago finally i may observe that the family crest or mon of the dead is cut upon the front of the tomb and sometimes also upon the little stone tank set before it the inscriptions very seldom include any texts from the holy books on the front of the monument below the chiselled crest the kaimyo is graven together perhaps with a single mystical character sanskrit or chinese on the left side is usually placed the record of the date of death and on the right the name of the person or family erecting the tomb such is now at least the ordinary arrangement but there are numerous exceptions and as the characters are most often disposed in vertical columns it is quite easy to put all the inscriptions upon the face of a very narrow monument occasionally the real name is also cut upon some part of the stone 
together perhaps with some brief record of the memorable actions of the dead excepting the kaimyo and the sect invocation often accompanying it the inscriptions among the ordinary class of tombs are secular in character and the real interest of such epigraphy is limited to the kaimyo by kaimyo shila name is meant the buddhist name given to the spirit of the dead according to the custom of all sects except the Iko or shinshu in a special sense the term kai or shila refers to precepts of conduct in a general sense it might be rendered as salvation by works footnote there is a great variety of shila five eight and ten for different classes of laity two hundred and fifty for priests five hundred for nuns etc etc be it here observed that the posthumous buddhist name given to the dead must not be studied as referring always to conduct in this world but rather as referring to shila in another world the kaimyo is thus a title of spiritual initiation some japanese buddhist sects hold what are called jukai e shila giving assemblies at which the initiated are given kaimyo of another sort shila names of admission as neophytes End footnote. but the shinshu allows no kai to any mortal it does not admit the doctrine of immediate salvation by works but only by faith in amida and the posthumous appellations which it bestows are therefore called not kaimyo but homyo or law names before meiji the social rank occupied by any one during life was suggested by the kaimyo the use with a kaimyo of the two characters reading inden and signifying temple dweller or mansion dweller or of the more common single character in signifying temple or mansion was a privilege reserved to the nobility and gentry class distinctions were further indicated by suffixes hoji a term partly corresponding to our lay brother and daishi great elder sister were honorifically attached to the kaimyo of the samurai and the aristocracy while the simpler appellations of shinshi and shinyo respectively signifying faithful believing man faithful woman followed the kaimyo of the humble these forms are still used but the distinctions they once maintained have mostly passed away and the privilege of the knightly inden and its accompaniments is free to any one willing to pay for it at all times the words doji and donyo seem to have been attached to the kaimyo of children do alone means a lad but when combined with ji or nyo it means child in the adjectival sense so that we may render doji as child son and donyo as child daughter children are thus called who die before reaching their fifteenth year the majority year by the old samurai code a lad of fifteen being deemed fit for war service in the case of children who die within a year after birth the terms gaini and gainyo occasionally replace doji and donyo the syllable gai here represents a chinese character meaning suckling 
different buddhist sects have different formulas for the composition of the kaimyo and its addenda but this subject would require a whole special treatise and i shall mention only a few sectarian customs the shingon sect sometimes put a sanskrit character the symbol of a buddha before their kaimyo the shin had theirs with an abbreviation of the holy name sakyamuni the nichiren often preface their inscriptions with the famous invocation namu myoho renge kyo hail to the sutra of the lotus of the good law sometimes followed by the word senso daidai forefathers of the generations the jodo like the Iko, use an abbreviation of the name sakyamuni or occasionally the invocation namu amida butsu and they compose their four-character kaimyo with the aid of two ideographs signifying honor or fame the zen sect contrive that the first and the last character of the kaimyo when read together shall form a particular buddhist term or mystical phrase except when the kaimyo consists of only two characters probably the word mansion in kaimyo inscriptions would suggest to most western readers the idea of heavenly mansions but the fancy would be at fault the word has no celestial signification yet the history of its epitaphic use is curious enough anciently at the death of any illustrious man a temple was erected for the special services due to his spirit and also for the conservation of relics or memorials of him confucianism introduced into japan the ihai or mortuary tablet called by the chinese shinshu and a portion of the temple was set apart to serve as a chapel for the ihai and the ancestral cult any such memorial temple was called in or mansion doubtless because the august spirit was believed to occupy it at certain periods and the term yet survives in the names of many celebrated buddhist temples such as the chion in of kyoto with the passing of time this custom was necessarily modified for as privileges were extended and aristocracies multiplied the erection of a separate temple for each notable presently became impossible buddhism met the difficulty by conferring upon every individual of distinction the posthumous title of inden and affixing to this title the name of an imaginary temple or mansion so today in the vast majority of kaimyo the character in refers only to the temple that would have been built had circumstance permitted but now exists only in the pious desire of those who love and reverence the departed nevertheless the poetry of these in names does possess some real meaning they are nearly all of them names such as would be given to real buddhist temples names of virtues and sanctities and meditations names of ecstasies and powers and splendors and luminous immeasurable unfoldings names of all ways and means of escape from the six states of existence and the sorrow of peopling the cemeteries again and again the general character and arrangement of kaimyo can best be understood by the aid of a few typical specimens the first example is from a beautiful tomb in the cemetery of kobudera which is sculptured with a relief representing the bodhisattva mahashtama seishi bosatsu 
meditating all the text in this instance has been cut upon the face of the monument to left and right of the icon transliterated into romaji it reads thus kaimyo teisho in hoso myo shin daishi record shotokuni jishin shimotsuki jiukunichi translation great elder sister wonderful reality appearing at the window of law dwelling in the mansion of the pine of chastity the nineteenth day of the month of frost second year of shotoku the year being under the dragon of elder water for the sake of clearness i have printed the posthumous name proper hoso myoshin in small capitals and the rest in italics the first three characters of the inscription te sho in form the name of the temple or mansion the pine both in religious and secular poetry is a symbol of changeless conditions of good because it remains freshly green in all seasons the use of the term reality in the kaimyo indicates the state of unity with the absolute by window of law law here signifying the buddha state must be understood that exercise of virtue through which even in this existence some perception of infinite truth may be obtained i have already explained the final word daishi great elder sister less mystical but not less beautiful is this nichiren kaimyo sculptured upon the grave of a young samurai koshin in dendo nichiki koji koji bright sun on the way of the wise in the mansion of luminous mind on the same stone is carven the kaimyo of the wife shinkyo in myo en nishiko daishi daishi spherically wondrous sunbeam in the mansion of the mirror of the heart perhaps the reader will now be able to find interest in the following selection of kaimyo translated for me by japanese scholars the inscriptions are of various rites and epochs but i have arranged them only by class and sex masculine kaimyo koji law nature eternally complete in the mansion of the mirror of light koji lone moon above snowy peak in the mansion of quiet light koji wonderful radiance of luminous sound in the mansion of the day dawn of mind koji pure lotus bloom of the heart in the mansion of shining beginnings koji real earnestness self-sufficing within in the mansion of mystery penetration koji wonderful brightness of the clouds of law in the mansion of wisdom illumination koji law echo proclaiming truth in the mansion of real zeal koji ocean of reason calmly full in the mansion of self-nature koji effective benevolence hearing with pure heart the supplications of the poor dwelling in the mansion of the virtue of pity koji perfect enlightenment beaming tranquil glory in the mansion of supreme comprehension koji autumnal prospect clear of cloud 
of the household of Sakyamuni, in the mansion of the obedient heart. Koji, illustrious brightness, of the household of the Buddha, in the mansion of conspicuous virtue. Koji, daily peace home prospering, in the mansion of spherical completeness. Shinshi, prosperity white shining as the moon of autumn. Shinshi, vow abiding wondrously without fault. Shinshi, vernal mountain bathed in the light of the law. Shinshi, waking to Diana at the bell peal of the wondrous dawn. Shinshi, winter mountain chastity mind. Feminine Kaimyo Daishi, moon dawn of the mountain of light, dwelling in the august mansion of self-witness. Daishi, wondrous lotus of fleckless light, in the mansion of the moonlight heart. Daishi, wonderful chastity responding with pure mind to the summons of duty, in the mansion of the great sea of compassion. Daishi, lotus heart of wondrous apparition, in the mansion of luminous perfume. Daishi, clear light of the spotless moon, in the mansion of springtime eve. Kaishi, pure mind as a son of compassion, in the mansion of real light. Daishi, wondrous lotus of fragrance ethereal, in the mansion of law nature. Shinyo, rejoicing in the way of the infinite. Shinyo, excellent courage to follow wisdom to the end. Shinyo, winter moon shedding purest light. Shinyo, luminous shadow in the plum flower chamber. Shinyo, virtue fragrant as the odor of the lotus. Children's Kaimyo, male. Daidoji, instantly attaining to the perfect peace, dwelling in the august mansion of purity. Daidoji, permeating lucidity of the pure grove, dwelling in the august mansion of blossom fragrance. Gaini, frost glimmer. Doji, dewy light. Doji, dream of spring. Doji, spring frost. Doji, ethereal nature. Doji, rain of the law from translucent clouds. Children's Kaimyo, female. Daidonyo, bright shining height of wisdom, dwelling in the august mansion of fragrant trees. Gainyo, snowy bubble. Gainyo, shining phantasm. Donyo, plum flower light. Donyo, dream phantasm. Donyo, chaste spring. Donyo, wisdom mirror of flawless appearing. Donyo, wondrous excellent of fragrant snow. After having studied the Sotoba texts previously cited, the reader should be able to divine the meaning of most of the kaimyo above given. At all events, he will understand such frequently repeated terms as moon, lotus, law. But he may be puzzled by other expressions, and some further explanation will, perhaps, not be unwelcome. B. 
besides expressing a pious hope for the higher happiness of the departed or uttering some assurance of special conditions in the spiritual world a great number of kaimyo also refer directly or indirectly to the character of the vanished personality thus a man of widely recognized integrity and strong moral purpose may like my dead friend be not unfitly named bright sun on the way of the wise the child daughter of the young wife especially remembered for sweetness of character may be commemorated by some such posthumous name as plum flower light or luminous shadow of the plum flower chamber the word plum flower in either case at once suggesting the quality of the virtue of the dead because this blossom in japan is the emblem of feminine moral charm more particularly faithfulness to duty and faultless modesty again the memory of any person noted for deeds of charity may be honored by such a kaimyo as effective benevolence listening with pure heart to the supplications of the poor finally i may observe that the kaimyo terms expressing altitude luminosity and fragrance have most often a moral exemplary signification but in all countries epitaphic literature has its conventional hypocrisies or extravagances buddhist kaimyo frequently contain a great deal of religious flattery and beautiful posthumous names are often given to those whose lives were the reverse of beautiful when we find among feminine kaimyo such appellations as wondrous lotus or beautiful as the lotus of the dawn we may be sure in the generality of cases that the charm to which reference is so made was ethical only yet there are exceptions and the more remarkable of these are furnished by the kaimyo of children names like dream of spring radiant phantasm snowy bubble to actually refer to the lost form or at least to the supposed parental idea of vanished beauty and grace but such names also exemplify a peculiar consolatory application of the buddhist doctrine of impermanency we might say that through the medium of these kaimyo the bereaved are thus soothed in the loftiest language of faith beautiful and brief was the being of your child a dream of spring a radiant passing vision a snowy bubble but in the order of eternal law all forms must pass material permanency there is none only the divine absolute dwelling in every being only the buddha in the heart of each of us forever endures be this great truth at once your comfort and your hope extraordinary examples of the retrospective significance sometimes given to posthumous names are furnished by the kaimyo of the forty-seven ronin buried at sengakuji in tokyo their story is now well known to all the english reading world through mitford's eloquent and sympathetic version of it in tales of old japan the noteworthy peculiarity of these kaimyo is that each contains the two words dagger and sword used in a symbolic sense but having also an appropriate military suggestiveness oishi kuranosuke yoshiwo the leader is alone styled koji the kaimyo of his followers have the humbler suffix shinshi 
Oishi's kaimyo reads, Dagger of Emptiness and Stainless Sword, in the mention of earnest loyalty. I need scarcely call attention to the historic meaning of the mansion name. Three of the kaimyo of his followers will serve as examples of the rest. That of Maze Kyudayu Masake is Dagger of Fame and Sword of the Way, or Doctrine. The kaimyo of Oishi Sezayemon Nobukiyo is Dagger of Magnimity and Sword of Virtue and the kaimyo of Horibe Yasube is Dagger of Cloud and Sword of Brightness. The first and the last of these four kaimyo will be found obscure, and several more of the forty-seven inscriptions are equally enigmatic at first sight. Usually in a kaimyo the word emptiness or void signifies the Buddhist state of absolute spiritual purity, the state of unconditioned being but in the kaimyo of Oishi Kuranosuke, the meaning of it, though purely Buddhist, is very different. By emptiness, here we must understand illusion, unreality, and the full meaning of the phrase dagger emptiness is wisdom that, seeing the emptiness of material forms, pierces through illusions as a dagger. In Horibe Yasube's kaimyo, we must similarly render the word cloud by illusion, and dagger of cloud should be interpreted illusion-penetrating dagger of wisdom. The wisdom that perceives the emptiness of phenomena is the sharply dividing or distinguishing wisdom, is myokwanzatsuchi, pratyavekshana gnana. 5. Possibly I have presumed too much upon the patience of my readers, yet I feel that these studies can yield scarcely more than the glimpse of a subject wide and deep as a sea. If they should arouse any Western interest in the philosophy and the poetry of Buddhist epitaphic literature, then they will certainly have accomplished all that I could reasonably hope. Not improbably I shall be accused, as I have been on other occasions, of trying to make Buddhist texts more beautiful than they are. This charge usually comes from persons totally ignorant of the originals, and betrays a spirit of disingenuousness with which I have no sympathy. Whoever confesses religion to have been a developing influence in the social and moral history of races, whoever grants that respect is due to convictions which have shaped the nobler courses of human conduct for thousands of years, Whoever acknowledges that in any great religion something of eternal truth must exist, will hold it the highest duty of a translator to interpret the concepts of an alien faith as generally as he would wish his own thoughts or words interpreted by his fellow men. In the rendering of Chinese sentences this duty presents itself under a peculiar aspect. Any attempt at literal translation would result in the production either of nonsense or of a succession of ideas totally foreign to Far Eastern thought. The paramount necessity in treating such texts is to discover and to expound the thought conveyed to Oriental minds by the original ideographs, which are very different things indeed from written words. The translations given in this essay were made by Japanese scholars, 
and in their present form have the approval of competent critics as i write these lines a full moon looks into my study over the trees of the temple garden and brings me the recollection of a little buddhist poem from the foot of the mountain many are the paths ascending in shadow but from the cloudless summit all who climb behold the selfsame moon the reader who knows the truth shrined in this little verse will not regret an hour passed with me among the tombs of Kobudera. End of chapter 4, part 2